0: All right, well, good morning, everyone. And uh, our children are making their way out to uh, Lakeview kids' classes. And a big thank you to all of our teachers and helpers and all of the coordination that goes into that ministry taking place um, on a week to week basis. Uh, I love the fact that we have lots of young people running around the halls, sometimes making a little bit of a ruckus, and whatever it is, uh, I consider that a joyful noise. So, uh, um, if you're here this morning as a visitor, and this is your first time, welcome. So glad you're with us this morning, and I uh, hope you feel uh, at home in your time with us. You should have got a bulletin on your way in. Uh, there's a little bit more information in there, hopefully, about uh, things that are coming up. Um, and if you'd like any more information, feel free to fill out a Connect card. I um, want to let you know, if you're new as well, that we, we are having what we call a starting point luncheon next Sunday. Uh, after church where we just invite some of our ministry leaders and some of the people who have just been new over uh, the past couple of months or however long um, to just do a little bit of introductions, uh, get to know people, uh, give a little bit of uh, introduction to how we do things here at Lakeview, and then just provide the chance to uh, answer any questions. So that's coming up next Sunday. Um, and uh, you can fill out the Connect form uh, to sign up for that, or you can also do that online. Uh, So, hey, we're going to pray now, and then we're going to look into God's Word together. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given to us. Thank you for bringing us to Sunday. Uh, Lord, you have been uh, faithful, Lord, to sustain us uh, this week. And Lord, every morning, We wake up, uh, Lord, new to your mercies, and every morning we wake up just in desperate need of your presence and your empowerment. Lord, we pray now as we open up your word, Lord, would you open up our hearts? We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do that work in our lives from the inside out, that we might more reflect the likeness of Jesus, our Savior. It's in his name we pray, amen. Amen. you know, when we first started this church, uh, many years ago, uh, we were just kind of getting through the church planting stages early on, and, and we didn't have any kind of building at all. Um, we met in several different places on Sunday mornings, and I didn't even have an office for several years. Um, so back in the day, what I used to do was a few days a week, I would set up my office uh, at the Starbucks in town. Uh, just put a table there, set out my computer, and that was my office for, um, I don't know, about five hours a day, about three days a week, and uh, I haven't been back in that Starbucks for several years, <laughs> but, uh, but I remember there being this cup on the counter, and uh, there was a note taped on that cup that said, tips for exceptional service, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a nice Way an opportunity to show appreciation to uh, your hardworking barista. Um, the, the challenge being, of course, is, is having any money left for your barista after you've paid <laughs> for a cup of Starbucks coffee. Um, but, uh, but, but they're a part of the service industry, right? And, and, and a lot of work uh, goes into uh, providing that overpriced cup of coffee. Um, and so it's nice to show appreciation. And this morning, what I want to talk about is how Christ followers are also in the serving industry. Uh, that, that Jesus has set his followers up to live lives of serving. Uh, so we're spending a few weeks this week, this, this month. Uh, a series is called Reset. We try to do this every fall is just refocus in on some of the foundational um, values that, that drive us as a church. And, and we have this, this mission statement made up of four words that kind of describe the goals that we have as a church, which is love, grow, serve, reach. And so uh, two weeks ago, we started with the love, which is worshiping God, loving God together. Congregating Together for Corporate Worship. And then uh, last week we looked at the grow uh, part of that mission, which is growing spiritually, growing together, growing up in Christ. And, uh, and so this morning um, we are moving to the third part, which is uh, serving. Uh, serving others, setting our lives up for serving. And, and what I would say is that serving is so central to what it means to follow Christ, that it's not actually possible to describe yourself as a Christ follower apart from embracing that heart to serve. Um, And, and, you know, by the grace of God, uh, that's been something that we here at Lakeview, we've seen uh, on an ongoing basis from day one. So a little bit of more history on our church. Back in the the days, I don't know if they're the good old days, but uh, they, they were the days when we first started. Um, we started as a roll-up-your-sleeves kind of church. So for the first 15 years of this church's existence, we met on a, on a weekly basis on Sunday mornings at Carmel High School in Casey Hall. There was a few of you who were here back then. Anybody? Raise your hand if you were here in the, in the Casey Hall days. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, it's funny. It seems like a distant memory. Uh, but it really wasn't that long ago. And so here's, here's what happened for those of you who weren't there. Every week, we would get there like 8.30 in the morning. We'd pull up, and we would transform the high school into a church setting. And yes, we still had, we had a coffee cafe there. Uh, we had children's classrooms. Uh, we had a welcome area. And of course, we had the, uh, the worship space. But what that means, that, what that meant was that it was an all-hands-on-deck endeavor on a weekly basis. So you not only got to worship on a Sunday morning, you also got your aerobic workout in um, because there was a lot of stuff that had to be moved. And, uh, and, and our, I think our greeting back then was, you know, if you were a new person at church at the time, was, hey, nice to meet you. Glad you're here. Do you mind carrying this? <laughs> But but it was good. Uh, I'm so grateful we had that season. And um, I've talked to different pastors, different church planters. One of them uh, mentioned that he regretted that he started out his church when they planted their church. He had a full-time leased facility from day one, which, of course, I heard that, and I'm like drooling. Like, that sounds like ideal. I wish we had that. And he said, no, you don't because we had that, and our people never had the opportunity to serve. It was all handed to them, it was too easy. And he said, we never built up that culture of serving, and they never got it. So I was like, wow, what, a, what, what an interesting thing. Um, and, and I think here at our church, we just continue to be so blessed to have so many people here who serve in so many ways inside the church, outside the church, and uh, every, every Sunday I come here and like I just have this big smile on my face. Maybe it's not my face, but it is in my heart. You know, I just look around and I see people, like this small army of people moving around to get things done, uh, pouring out their time, their treasures, and their talents for, for others in, in so many ways. So Jesus went to great lengths to set his first followers up to live lives of significance, but significance through serving. I want to look at one example of that this morning. It's found in John chapter 13, and I want to invite you to turn there in your Bible if you have one, and if you don't, um, just feel free to, uh, to, to just read alongside with me, and the, the um, verses will be on the screen behind me. And uh, start out with this statement, which is that serving is the ultimate I love you. And uh, here's, here's how this passage starts out. It says this, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Um, unpack what's happening here, that serving is the ultimate way to say, I love you. So if you want someone to know how much they matter to you, there may be no more powerful way to send that message, to get it across than by serving them. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. And, and to put this passage in perspective, um, at this point in, in, in the narrative of John, um, Jesus' time together with his disciples is coming to an end. It's just about finished. Now, the disciples, uh, they were this ragtag group of guys. They did not have it all together um, and Jesus had spent three years just living with them, teaching them, pouring himself into them. And, and even though so often they didn't get it, and, and I can imagine that they must have driven him crazy uh, just with how, sh- how, how slow they were to understand things. But nevertheless, these were his closest friends on earth. These were people that he loved, And he makes that clear here, Uh, but but what's also true is that all that was about to radically change. Uh, They're eating this meal together in this upper room, and this was was really the close of one chapter and the beginning of another. Uh, It says that Jesus was on his way back to the Father. He was going to go back to the Father via the cross, but after this supper, things were never going to be the same again. This, this episode in the upper room was kind of like uh, the way it feels that, like a graduation. You know, like you're, you're, you're realizing that, that something is ending, something else is beginning. It's all good, but it's a little unsettling because it's going to be completely different. And so as they're sitting down here to eat in this meal, Jesus wants so bad to show his friends how much he loves them. That's what's on his heart. It says in the passage, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So this is like one of the last impressions that he wants to leave with them. Jesus, of course, knows what's ahead, but his disciples are clueless Jesus knows that in just a few hours, he's going to get arrested, and, and, and the disciples' worlds are going to get upended and rocked to the core. But, but before all of that goes down, he demonstrates here the full extent of his love for them. And he does it by serving them, by, by picking up a towel, pouring it into a basin, pouring water into a basin, and getting down on his knees to wash their feet. So to Jesus, sacrificial service is the ultimate I love you. And for you and I, when, when we want to get that message across, when, when you want someone to know how much they matter to you, how much you love them, there may be no better way uh, to do that than by just finding a way to serve them finding an opportunity to serve. And, and I would expect that in a room this size with people like us, there's, there's people we could probably identify in each of our lives. I want this person to know that I love them. I, I want them to know how much they matter to me, how much I care for them. And the question is, how do I let them know? How do I, how do I send that message? Maybe it's the same way that Jesus did. By, by serving them. And, and what that means is that you don't have to be a highly articulate individual. You don't have to uh, be, be creative or artistic or, you know, write a poet for someone or, or write a song to show someone how much you love them. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to, don't have to buy expensive gifts. Those, those aren't necessarily bad things. But there's no more powerful way to demonstrate it than by simply serving. Serving is the ultimate, I love you. So carve out space in your schedule. Make yourself available to serve that person, to meet that need, to lend a hand, to help out however you can. And that message, I love you, will get through loud and clear. And maybe we can just think back in our own lives, right, and, and, and think about the experience of our own lives when it comes to identifying who are the people that mean the most, who matter the most. Isn't it so often the ones who have shown up and made a difference? They were there at that time in need. They, they helped out when no one else was around. They gave themselves sacrificially. That all kind of factors into it, Right? It's because serving is the ultimate way to say, I love you. And the passage goes on to show how Jesus is the ultimate servant that all of us need. So let me keep on reading. It says this, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. Let's unpack this one a little bit. There's, there's a place in each of our lives that's tarnished, that's, that's stained, that Jesus came to wash clean. That's what Peter is very slowly in the process of coming to terms with. Because what Peter wanted to do was to serve Jesus but what he needed was for Jesus to serve him. And that same reality applies to each of us as well. So when, Jeter, when, when Jesus goes to wash Peter's feet, Peter pushes back. And, and you could probably understand why, right? Feet are a pretty uh, offensive part of the human anatomy, right? I've, I, I've yet to, to see a cosmopolitan magazine cover featuring someone's feet, Right? Um, in my book, the greatest set of feet are the ones you never notice. Because if you notice someone's feet, nine out of ten times is not for a good reason, right? Um, and back in this day, in Jesus' day, there were all kinds of social expectations about washing feet. Um, it was actually considered to be so offensive and so menial that even a servant couldn't be forced to wash his master's feet. Uh, That was just the reality of the conventions of their day. But I wonder if on this particular day, the issue had more to do with the simple reality that there were 13 adult men sitting in a small room around the table at the end of a long, hot day, and they were wearing sandals. And so can you just imagine the aroma that must have been stewing around the air that night? Uh, can you just imagine Jesus maybe just taking a whiff and saying, wow, something has got to be done about that. And so, uh, so Peter asked Jesus, you're really going to wash my feet? And Jesus responds and says, you don't realize what I'm doing. And, and in the midst of this conversation, of this back and forth, the conversation moves from the physical to the spiritual. And this is something we see so often with Jesus, particularly in John's gospel. He's talking to uh, the religious leader, Nicodemus, about being born again. and And Nicodemus thinks, physical birth. And Jesus says, no, I'm talking about spiritual birth. And then uh, later on, he talks to the Samaritan woman and says, I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. And she thinks physical water. And he says, no, I'm talking about a spiritual reality, spiritual water. And, and this, is, this is the kind of thing um, that's going on here. He starts with something physical that all of us can relate to, right? In this case, it's funky feet in need of a cleaning, And he uses that to point to a different place in need of an even greater cleaning in that space, a space that we can't see, which is inside uh, the human heart. Here's the reality that, that funky feet are nothing compared to how offensive hearts contaminated by sin are. Jesus said in Matthew, that out of the heart come evil thoughts and murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And he says, this is what make a man unclean. The source of sin is the heart. And it comes in all kinds of forms. It's all the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we think, the way that we live. That's goes against, that's contrary to God's standard of holiness and righteousness, and that sin contaminates our hearts. It, it physically destroys our lives, and spiritually, it, it separates us from a holy God who cannot tolerate it. And so, just consider this reality. Sinful hearts are more offensive to a holy God than the most offensive spelling, feet, or body odor would ever be to you or to me. And the heart, that's the place that Jesus ultimately came to wash clean. And so this whole episode, this foot washing, is in a way, it's a preview, because the ultimate act of sacrificial service was going to take place on the cross, where Jesus would let his blood shed and his body break, and where he would give his life to cleanse our hearts from sin. That's what makes Jesus the ultimate servant. And just like Peter, our greatest need is not to serve Jesus, it's to be served by Jesus. Jesus served us by doing for us what none of us could do for ourselves, by doing something that all of us need. about what he says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So let me ask you, have you opened up the door of your heart to let Jesus do that cleansing work inside of you? It starts with a simple prayer of faith. Jesus, I realize that there's a mess going on inside of me. I am not the way I ought to be, and I trust that what you did on the cross, you did it for me. So come into my life and and do that work from the inside out that needs to be done. Cleanse my heart and make me new. That simple prayer of faith marks the start of a whole new life. And and maybe there's some of you here who today is the day where you kind of cross that line of faith. When you make that prayer your own and you open up your heart to him. So... So serving is the ultimate, I love you, and Jesus is the ultimate servant. And the final point is that we have the ultimate opportunity. And, and here's where Jesus shares with his disciples this, this take home that he doesn't want us to miss. It says this, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand that what I have done for you? if you do them, let me just read that last line one more time. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. that That sentence kind of sets the context for this entire passage, and there's this crystal clear message that Jesus is going out of his way to get across, that the person who intentionally orients his or her life around serving others opens the door to the blessings of God. That word blessing, by the way, you could, you could replace it with that person will find happiness, that person will find fulfillment, that person will be satisfied. You see, according to Jesus, serving is a channel through which the blessings of God flow into our lives. In other words, we've been saved to serve, And this is one of those concepts that's so critical to get right because Jesus doesn't call us to serve to add burdens to our life. Sometimes we, we think of serving and we equate it with burden. He invites us to serve to add blessings to our life. Don't miss that reality. And so the invitation here is to pour our lives out in serving one another, because the best life possible is the one that's been set up to serve others. So don't serve because you have to. Serve because you get to. It's a very different way of viewing such a thing, right? Maybe there's a a paradigm shift um, about this whole thing, about the way you view serving. Um, You know, the goal, I think, for all of our lives is is, uh, is to live that blessed life, right? To live a life that's blessed. I think in our day and age, it often, instead of the blessed life, we call the good life. We want the good life. And the question we all live out the answer to is this. Where can this good life be found? And how do I navigate my way to that destination? I think every one of us is living out the answer to that question. And so often the assumption is that the good life is the life that's lived in the lap of luxury. It's about having everything you could possibly want and need right there in front of you for the taking whenever you want it. It's not about serving others. No, the good life, we're told, is often about being served by others, by by getting whatever you want on demand. Doesn't that message get broadcast into our lives in so many ways? Here's the thing. According to Jesus, it's dead wrong. According to Jesus, that doesn't work. It's a dead-end way of living. That self-indulgent, self-consumed life doesn't lead to the good life. It's shallow, it's vacant, it's empty, and it leads to nothing more than regret and, and disappointment. So Jesus here is setting the mold and casting the die. He says, I've, I've laid out what the path of blessing looks like. This is it. I've blazed the trail, and now the path is clear for you to walk on it. So if you want that good life, if you want to be blessed, then do this pick up your own towel, start washing feet. And that's not to be taken literally, right? It's basically saying pour out your life for the sake of each other. Get get radical about it. Go beyond the norms of conventional thinking. Go over the top with it and watch God's blessings start pouring into your life. And again, we can look at our own lives and say, Isn't that true? Right? Isn't that true? Is is there anything as, first of all, as shallow as seeing people wrapped up in themselves and their own little trivial pursuits of pleasure, uh, convinced that the universe ought to revolve around them? But then isn't there such a joy and a satisfaction that comes from pouring yourself out and serving, uh, serving the Lord and serving others? And again, I'm happy to say here at Lakeview, we have so many people who, who are dialed into that way of life, who, who know that serving is not a burden, that it's a blessing, that it's not an obligation, but it's an opportunity. And there's, there's so many people who serve in so many ways. Um, time and time again, I just see it. You just, you, just, you just see, and I listen to people who say, I get more out of serving than I do, than I put into it. Uh, that's been my experience as well. And uh, whether it's, you know, people uh, serving in our Lakeview kids um, or greeters, uh, you know, just talking to people like, hey, uh, do you want a week off? We want to just give you enough, enough uh, you know, time off so it's not a burden. And they're like, no, don't give me a week off. I want to continue. I want to keep on serving. I don't want to miss that opportunity. Um, A couple of other ministries that maybe are new in this past year that I do want to highlight that uh, these are serving focused ministries. Uh, One is we have, it's just called Caring Bridge. You don't hear a lot about this, but if we hear, um, however, that there's a need, someone is going through a crisis or just going through a hard time or whatever it is, uh, we have a group of people who said, Pastor Brian, I just want to be around to make a phone call or show up at someone's house when they need it and just, and just pray for them. Uh, just be there, surround ourselves, and provide whatever counsel, whatever connections we can, and, and we just want to do that. Uh, so, so please know that that ministry um, is, a, is a ministry, a vital one uh, in our church. We also have another ministry that's called Soulless. And uh, this is one that uh, Keith Tucci brought to us about a year ago. And he just said, I just have this heart for helping people with no strings attached. Uh, How can we do this? And so about a year ago, we just started just putting it out there. Where are the needs and how can we meet them? And over the course of this past year, we've been able to just Connect with people inside this church as well as outside this church. You've got a need. Here's what we can do. Let's rally some people. He's actually got a, a whole uh, a list of people who have different things that they can do. And, and so we're continuing to, uh, to see these things operate and make an impact, make a significant impact. Um, and so I would also tell you, I was talking to Keith this week, and he said he couldn't be here today, but he said he's ready for more. Um, and the people that he has ready to go are ready for more. So, um, if you can help him out, and uh, let me know, uh, shoot the shoot the church an email or or see me afterwards. Is there a need around that someone just needs some help? Sometimes it's the hardest thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, I got this. I can do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. You really do. And it's and 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 don't don't let your brothers and sisters missed that opportunity because it's not a burden, Uh, it is a blessing. Or maybe it's just someone that you know, someone in your neighborhood, someone you work with uh, that can just use some help. So without apology, uh, I do want to call you very clearly to pour your life out in serving others. Go for it. Jump in all the way because it's the opportunity of a lifetime, and it puts us on that path where the fullest, most abundant life gets lived out. So let me ask you to just take stock of your own life. What what path to the good life are you pursuing? Are you following Jesus on this path that he's laid out? There's a towel there that he holds out that's there for you to grab hold of. Have you picked it up? One of the questions that I've learned to ask people um, over the years, and they say, you know what? My walk with the Lord, it's just become a little dull. It's not where it ought to be. And one one of the diagnostic questions that I've learned to ask is, how are you serving? And it amazes me how many times the answer is, well, I'm really not. I'm just kind of focusing on myself at this point. You know, there there is a part of living out this life with Christ that it's about learning and, and getting fed, but there's another big part of it that's about pouring out. We need both of them. So if you want to find an opportunity to serve in your life, I will bet you that you're not going to have to look very far. There's Needs all around us in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. The needs are everywhere. And so I want to challenge you as we close this morning to just pray for and look for, be aware of, have it on your radar screen. Where are the audacious opportunities around me to serve? Seek to serve the way Jesus did. Ask the Lord to provide that opportunity and be ready to jump in to whatever opportunity he puts before you. If you are here this morning and you are, you're a seeker, I also want to urge you to trust in Jesus, to let him serve you and do that work in your heart that only he can do and turn in faith to Jesus and let him make you new and give you a whole new life.